Philippians uh, chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's say our scripture declaration together. Lord, we, hear you, we honor your word to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit in our life's practice. <clears throat> I think I was the one that caused that. Uh, I, I could have sworn I was muted, but I guess I wasn't, so I apologize. That's on me, and I, I wish I had a dollar for every time I said, sorry, that's my fault. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. I hope that it's already been a good day. And uh, I actually, I'm going to be sharing some things with you that uh, I shared some with you last week, but we're going to hit these things very, very quickly in some ways reviewing. But before I do that, uh, please do keep your Bibles or your Bible apps open to Philippians chapter 4. We'll be referring to that in just a moment, but I want to begin and share with you a couple of things about what we experienced over uh, our Mexico drive. And just let you know, this was, if it wasn't the most successful, it was just neck and neck with the most successful uh, uh, Mexico drive that we have ever had. So I wanted to tell you, so I didn't get uh, uh, this, I got to tell it to you before I forget. If you are a person who bought a basket, but you don't necessarily want the basket part of the basket, is that right so far? Okay, if you don't want the basket part of the basket, please see Miss Roseanne because guess what? Next year when we do this again, we're going to have baskets again. And so if you are wanting yours and you're enjoying yours, please keep it, enjoy it, have it in health. Wonderful. But if that is not something that you want or want to use over the next year, please bring it back. We'll use that and we'll be a part of that. Now, I've got some numbers that I'm going to be putting up. I don't know if you can see them. Ah, Alicia, very good. Thank you so much. Very quickly, 
I want to talk about about 42 kids and workers given three gifts per person. That's 126 gifts plus at about $25 per gift. So yes, inflation did get a hold of us. It was about $25 a gift I know that you spent because nothing is the same price as it was a handful of weeks ago or months ago for that matter. So let's talk about the white envelopes that we have. That 126 gifts equals $3,150. I think that's absolutely very conservative and minimum that we shared with the kids that were down there. The EHC silent auction plus some donations from you guys netted us sixty. dollars $823 for a grand total of $9,973, which I am very proud of that number. I appreciate so much that number. And actually, that is not all because we as a church family have been blessed financially this past year. And so we always ask you guys to be uh, consistent in your giving. We gave 1000 additional dollars to John and Paulina themselves personally, just as a Christmas bonus, as a pastor appreciation and all those things wrapped into one from our church body to them personally for right at about $11,000 uh, in gifts and, and money that we gave. So I'm very appreciative for that. I think that deserves a hand. How about it? Amen. Are you guys proud of that? I am very proud of that. Very proud of you guys. And I got a text from John and he said, man, he said, I forget every year how incredibly generous your church is, and we just thank you so much for it. Now, if you don't understand, it is a difficult thing that they do down there, John and Paulina, and this kind of day is a blessing to them. So real quickly, I also want to call out uh, Carlos. Thank you so much for doing all of the in, uh, interpretations as well. Uh, I wanted to say thank you. I wanted to say thank you, Simona, for doing that. So guys, y'all wave at everybody real quick. So Carlos, you can wave. All right, that's Carlos. Let's hear it for him. And Christian helped you out as well. A girl named Tori Puckett also helped you with her Spanish, but you were probably double-checking her Spanish, which you probably should have been. And then Simona, if you would wave at everybody there, we thank you so much. We thank you, Frank and Roseanne, and the Youngs that we mentioned last week, but let's hear it for them once again. Great job, you guys. Phenomenal. And I just want to say, if you've wondered if this is on top of or including the plates with a purpose that we did back in September, that's on top of. So we did over $2,000 in plates with a purpose back in September for this great ministry, and then we did right at about $11,000 for this great ministry in this month alone. And um, here's to next year for it being our very best yet to come. I'm excited about it again because the needs are great. It is such a worthy cause. And if you did not get the chance to see the video that we uh, put together, um, and I, by we, Eric put together. Uh, it will be at the end of service. You can just stay a minute or two after. Uh, I think the video is right at about five or six minutes long, but it is a great reminder of why we do what we do and uh, the difference that it makes. So it was awesome. It was a true blessing. All right. So I've got a lot of ground to cover and uh, not a lot of time to do it in. And so what I want to do is I want to go all the way to, um, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go all the way to slide number six real quickly, 
and we'll start right there if you don't mind. So I talked about last week the idea of forward, the idea of the, the book called Forward by David Jeremiah. And he has a great quote that I want to share with you very, very quickly. And uh, in that book, he talks about so much that will encourage you, that will challenge you, that will bless you. But he says, most of us fill our days with diversions. Only a few of us fill our days with dreams. But our world is shaped by determined dreamers. And then he goes on and he says, and the Bible is full of people who dreamed of something different and God blessed that and used that to make a difference in their world. He says, the Bible is full of people who saw what life could look like in God's kingdom and then moved forward in faith. Abraham dreamed of a great nation even when he was childless. Moses uh, dreamed of a promised land even when the Israelites were making bricks without straw. Joshua envisioned an occupied land. Samson, a defeated enemy. David dreamed of a temple uh, on a mountain. Nehemiah built miles of reconstructed walls in his prayers before a single stone was ever laid. Daniel glimpsed a future kingdom. Peter glimpsed an established church, and Paul envisioned a global mission. It all began in the mind of those who committed themselves to being what the Lord would have them to be. So very quickly, here's this second something to learn, and I want to share that with you uh, that I shared with you last week, that this is a prison epistle, so it all takes place when Paul is literally in prison. So no excuses about circumstances being the thing that weighs us down and leaves us where we are. Philippians 4.13 is translated in the King James Version as, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that is a great translation, there's no doubt. But let's not miss what the real translation of this uh, kind of uh, covers and includes. It, while it is true, the context, always very important to getting the most accurate meanings of Scripture, the context was Paul saying no matter what state he was living in, he could make it through because of how Christ's power was working in his inner life. In other words, in that prison cell, he was conveying to them, it doesn't matter that I'm captive, what matters is, is that God is still working in me, and God is still working through me. Now, What's incredible is Paul didn't even realize exactly how much God would use this letter that he was writing to this single church to be a blessing to all churches throughout time. And so God is at a bigger plan than even we can grasp or understand in the moment. That's why we are not called to understand. We are called to obey and be faithful. And so that's all we really have to worry about. And if we do that, God takes and multiplies those things that we do in his name and for his kingdom. And as he does, we see bigger results than we ever thought or ever dreamed, not because of our goodness or power or strength, but because God is at work. And here's what I want to share again. This is important. It all begins with Paul's inner life. If he stops and he gets down, and he gets depressed, and he says, this is not working well. I've been out here trying to do things for God, and yet here I am in this prison cell. It's not fair, God. How could you let this happen to me? If all of that is what is invading and conquering his mind, he is not the blessing that he is all throughout all these centuries and even millennia because he's getting down and letting his circumstances control him rather than winning over them. 
And as I shared with you last week, I want to share again and reiterate that basically for us, it is so incredibly important that we realize that just as we will be pulled back to the status quo, just as we will fail at some of our New Year's resolutions, just as we want a fresh start but we'll have to deal with some of the residuals from last year, the question is, how will you let that affect you? Will it be something that you know, becomes something that pushes you to a place where you stop altogether and say, I don't know why I do this every year. Every year I wish it's gonna be better, but it just never is. Because ultimately what is going on in your mind is absolutely vital to what happens in your world. Just as he mentioned in this book forward that I just read that great quote, it all begins not with something that's seen, but something that is unseen and eventually becomes seen. And that brings us to our big idea, and it's right here on this screen. I want you to look at it. I changed it around just a little bit from last week, but it's very close. All transformation begins in your mind, but must end up in your actions. In other words, if you don't see actions happening, then the transformation in your mind stopped right there. But all those things which make a huge difference in your life and moving forward all begin in the mind but become things that spur us to action. So they have to end in action. And if you are a person who likes to say, well, you know, I've been thinking about doing that, or if you're from Oklahoma and you say, I'm fixing to get ready to, you know, like that's how it is, right? We can talk about fixing to get ready to for years and never get there. But ultimately, what we have to do is we have to say, God didn't call me to have a dream. He called me to have a dream that would change my situation, my community, my family, my church, my attitude, my every single day, and on and on and on the list goes. So would you guys read this out loud with me on the count of three? Ready to go? One, two, three. All transformation begins in your mind, but must end up in your actions. Let's go to our next slide. Um, you know, the reason I started preaching only uh, teaching series rather than just individual messages is I always wanted to be able to say, I'm going to get to the rest of this next week so I wouldn't keep you over time. But at the same time, uh, we'd have a flow of thought. And so I, I, I may not get to everything I wanted to share with you. There's plenty to come. But this is important. Last week I talked about how in Romans chapter 12 it talked about how we become transformed by the renewing of our, do you remember? Our minds. That's what God says in his own word. And then in Colossians 3, 1 through 5, I, I, I compressed them down, look out, uh, took out verse 4. But if you look at this, here's what it says. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things which are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Then it says, therefore, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry, and it goes on. The reason that I included that is that's the exact thing that I was talking about from the big idea. It begins in the mind, but it must change your actions. It has to come out. If it's not coming out, it's not powerful enough to make the change that you need. As he's saying here, do this with your mind. Put your mind in these places. Get this mindset and let it be something that is constantly with you. 
And then when you have that mindset, let it flow into this death of all of those things that take you away from what God wants you to do. If you guys are with me, can y'all give me a big amen? Amen? Y'all understand what I'm saying? All right, very good. So let's keep moving here and let's talk about that one to remember and we're gonna do it in a very quick way. Don't forget, that is a great passage of scripture, one of my very favorites. It talks about the, the things, how we put those things behind in our past and we keep moving. So now, don't miss this and I wanna share this with you on our next slide here. Um, as we seek change in our lives, we change what we do. But when we go back to the status quo of the actions and the outcomes that we've always gotten, and that's almost impossible to avoid. It's almost impossible to avoid. We will stay there unless we have changed the self-belief and self-talk, that inner dialogue that we have about how we deal with our outcomes. If you understand what I'm trying to say there, can y'all kind of just wave at me real quick? You understand what I'm talking about? In other words, we all have this inner dialogue Whenever something doesn't go right, we start talking to ourselves about why it didn't go right. Oh, you know, I never should have done that because I knew that when I did that, I was probably going to have that one issue, and we talk about it in here. We never talk about it, but we always talk about it, you know? The inner dialogue never shuts off. <laughs> For some of us, it's worse than others. I mean, mine is pretty basic. I'm not going to lie to you. My inner dialogue is like, Ah, uh, I'm hungry. Oh, football. You know, I mean, it's things like that, you know. But then there's a lot heavier, a lot deeper, a lot more difficult dialogue where we talk about our failures and our fears and our frustrations. And it's almost impossible to shut that off. So whenever he talks to you and to me from Colossians chapter 3 or Romans chapter 12 and says, renew yourself and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he says, and set your minds on things above, not on these earthly things. All of that stuff is a reminder that unless we change it in here, we will always have a challenge here that does us in. Because you will fail. You may have already set a New Year's resolution that has already gone to the wayside. And if that's true, congratulations, you're human, don't worry about it. <laughs> but here is what is important. If in your mind you are saying, see, I never should have done that. I don't know why I put myself in these positions, set myself up to fail. If that's the inner dialogue, I want to give you something else. Can I give you something else? Can I give you something that says, you know what? Everybody does that. Everybody falls short on their New Year's resolutions. But if I could get into the gym five times this month instead of the zero last month, it's not the 15 I promised myself, but I'm already ahead. Can, if y'all understand what I'm saying, can I get an amen, right? It's, that's it, right? Oh, do I need to go back? <laughs> I knew I'd get a better amen if I threatened to go back. So here's the truth. Like whether it's losing pounds or reading your scriptures or being kind to the people at work that don't deserve it, right? Or being nicer on the roads or whatever. Do any of y'all have that as a resolution? You know, I mean, it's tough in Houston, right? So if you go all of those different lists and you fail and you let yourself be determined that you will not do that again. You're not going to dream that you can have a better situation in your family because it never works out. Or you can instead say, you know what? 
I'm going to have just a little bit of a change and a little bit more of a change, which will lead to a little better change and a little better outcome. And on and on and on it goes. Because the truth is, is that the thing that will defeat you is in your mind first. Every circumstance that you will face has been faced by those who have won Every single failure that you will experience has been experienced by people who are winning in their life over those things because they didn't let it define them and it did not let them do anything but just delay where they were already heading and where God had already called them to go. You guys understand what I'm saying? And so don't allow your mind to be captured and captive to the things that you have done in your past or the things that you fear in your present or the things that you are frustrated by or any of those other things that could keep you right where you are. All right, let's go to our next slide. Ah, how many of you guys know what this is? Can I see your hand? Y'all know what this is? It's, it's not the new one, okay? It's not the new one. It's the old one. Y'all know, uh, know the new one is out in Vegas, right? The, the new one is Vegas. It's called the Sphere. But how many of you know what this is? On the count of three, ready, one, two, three, what is it? Epcot. That's right. How many of you know what Epcot means? Epcot in Orlando, Florida actually stands for something very interesting. Let's go to our next slide. It stands for the Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, thought up and dreamed up by a guy by the name of Walt Disney. Can I tell you the rest of the story that you don't know? Walt Disney was laying in his deathbed. He was laying in his deathbed and his brother Roy came to see him and he said, I have an idea and I have a dream and I'm not gonna make it, but I wanna tell you what my dream is. He said, now look up at the tiles here over my hospital bed. And he said, so each one of those four banks of tiles is a square mile. So you have one square mile here, and then you're going to have a, a road that runs here, and then you'll have another square mile, and then you'll have a monorail that connects this part of the park to this part of the park. And he began to share all of this idea and dream of Epcot when he knew he was on his deathbed. Now, I don't know about you, but that is incredibly inspiring to me. Because up to the very last of his life, he had a dream that he wanted to see fulfilled. And yeah, the clock was running out on him, but he was not dead before he was dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of us never capture a dream for a better world or a better life or a better family or a better church or a better anything in our life. And we just are waiting for that final buzzer to come and then you have people like Walt Disney who, at the very end of their life, they're explaining something that eventually would become a, a joy to literally millions and millions and millions of people around the world because he wasn't dead before he actually died. I have great news for all of you. You still have a chance to change your life and your legacy, but you don't have an infinite amount of time Whatever 2024 holds, we do not know. But I'll say this, as long as you're breathing, you have an opportunity for God to still work in you, on you, through you, and on and on the list goes. So don't 
decide that things are done before God has decided to say things are over. Can I get an amen on that? Amen? All right, very good. See, y'all are catching on. Y'all are catching on. You're like, look, if we give Randy a good amen, he moves forward, right? Okay, see, move forward. Never mind. Okay, all right, here we go. I wanted to share something with you guys, and I don't have enough to, and to talk about it, no, not enough time. But let's go to slide number 20, if you don't mind, Alicia. And I want to share this with you real quickly. James Clear, who wrote the book called Atomic Habits, which is a fantastic book, by the way, he said, if you can get 1% better each day for one year, you'll end up 37 times better by the time you're done. Conversely, if you get 1% worse each day for one year, you'll decline nearly down to zero. What starts as a small win or a minor setback accumulates into something much more. So here is what I would say. For most of us, these beginnings of these new years, we want things to be very different. And I thank God for new beginnings and fresh starts. I really do. His mercies are not only new every morning, but they're new every January as well for me. And I have a whole nother thing in October. Maybe I'll tell you about next week. But let me just share this with you. I believe with all of my heart, we will understand more of God and draw closer to God and see God working more in our lives if we will pursue that. I am not here to make you feel guilty. I'm not here to shame you into anything that you are or are not doing. But here is what I will say. As I have often said in the past, I will say again, it's not new. It is not original with me. But you have all of God in your life that you want right now. You do. Because he is not playing a game with you. He's not playing hard to get. That's not who God is. If you want more of him, all you have to do is move towards him. And if you do not, then clearly you have all of God that you want for right now. Now, I know that that's hard to think about. It's hard to get your mind into that, but it is true. And I would just share with you for many of us, it's not that we don't have time, it's that we do not prioritize. And so I encourage you this year to prioritize some things that will be a blessing. Now, I'm going to end this and I'm going to take the back section that I'm not getting to and I'm going to share this with you next week. I have some very, very specific things some very, I think, helpful things, some encouraging and some fun things to share with you. Please come back and be a part of it. But let me just share with you, I have a, a, something here, actually. Um, I have a number of these things. This is called a four-month reading plan. It's on a front and back page. And this is a way for you to do something that most Christians never do. It's reading the entire New Testament over a four-month period. It's probably about 10 to 15 minutes a day, and it is three chapters. And if you begin, what's incredible is you'll make some big progress very, very quickly. I sent it to your email via PDF today in your email if you are on that email, and if you're not, please get on there. More stuff gets shared there. But let me just share with you, I have copies of this here, here, back at the pillar where you drop your offering, and then back at the reception counter. But if you go, and, and, and you can begin this next week, you can begin this two weeks from now, it's not listed as 
you know, tomorrow, Monday, January 15th. It's not that. But it just simply says month number one, week number one, and it is Monday through Friday. And it says on tomorrow, it would be read Mark chapter one, two, and three. And then on Tuesday, read Mark chapter four, five, and six. And you begin to go and do each one of these. You could take this piece of paper and scratch it off as you go. And what's incredible is by the end of the third week, you are really close to having one, two, three, four, five, cha- or five books of the Bible read within about a three-week period. You'll be one day shy of having done that. And so I encourage you, if you've never really gotten serious about understanding the scriptures and knowing what they're all about, this is your opportunity. About 80% of Christians never read the entire New Testament, much less the entire Bible. So I encourage you to be one of those who's done that. Mark it off your bucket list and check it off and get involved in doing this. It's here, literally here, right there, and then on your reception counter, and then on top of that, it's in your email inbox, and I encourage you to do that. Now, let me just share with you also, if you have not really understood the Bible or grasped the scriptures or whatever it might be, we're starting Wednesday night Bible study, and I'm not here to shame you to get you to get involved. It's not like that, but if you don't understand, be there Wednesday night, We'll talk about it together. We'll go through it. We'll have interaction. And then if you don't necessarily understand even more about that, you can go back and watch it on YouTube and go a little deeper on that stuff. And it's your way of understanding what God's Word says, not to Pastor Randy for you, but straight to you. And so I encourage you, get a Bible app. I believe I actually have one. I don't know if you can show it or not. But get the one that uh, we talk about all the time, the YouVersion app. It's free. Download it. And it is an audio Bible that you can listen to anywhere, anytime, and it will be a blessing to you. Now, here's what I want to share as we kind of close today. I want to ask you, will 2024 be different for you? And... I think for most of us, we begin to say, yes, it will, because I'm going to do this, and I'm going to stop doing this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to not do this anymore. And those are good things, but when those things run out of steam and run out of go, the thing that will decide if you get back on that horse, (laughs) if you say, okay, but I'm not going to stop here, it all begins right here. It begins with your mind saying, I'm built for better than this. The Lord has called me for more than this. The Lord has reached out to me and has enabled me to understand more than this. And maybe one of these best (laughs) passages of Scripture that I could share with you, behold, I am making all things new, including your walk with the Lord and your world with your kids, and your, your spousal relationship, and your financial life, all of these things, they should have God's fingerprints on them, but he will not interrupt you, and he will not elbow his way in. You have to invite him in, but if you do, he will begin little by little, small piece by small piece, to make all things new. Let's check out this video as we close. This new year, we cry out to you. The 
one who restores broken hearts, who refreshes tired spirits, who makes all things new. Let our faith and hope be born again today. Help us to let go of the past, stop looking back and turn our eyes toward you. We are here today in full acceptance of who we've been, but also in hopeful expectation of who you're shaping us to be. Let your love work in us so you can better work through us. We stand ready, ready to embrace all you have for our lives, ready to do your will, ready to witness the wonders of your mighty hand, ready to share the redeeming love, the perfect grace, the life-changing salvation you have given us. So today, we lift up our voices in praise to the one who washes away our failures, who wipes away our fear and doubt, to the almighty God who makes all things new. Amen. Can you say amen? Would you guys stand with me and just bow your heads if you would just allow me to pray over you? For just a quick moment as we close our time together, as we dismiss in the way that we always do in just a moment, before just a moment, would you reach to the Lord with your prayer? Would you forget those things which are behind? Will you make a determination to strive towards those things which are ahead? Will you allow Him to cleanse you of the hurt and failure of your past? And will you allow Him to make all things new in your life? Heavenly Father, we know that You have said there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ. And today, God, we know that we are called to be more than we have been. But we know that that has not put us at odds with you. That has put us in the crosshairs where you have been seeking us to draw us to yourself. And so today in our time, we commit ourselves to you, asking for forgiveness from our past and failures and instead moving towards those things that are promised and are ahead. Lord, bless, forgive, cleanse, and restore us all, and help us to feel that within our hearts, not just simply know it in our heads. And may 2024 be an absolute blessing as we move forward in you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody together... Amen.